What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the We Know Fantasy Podcast. I am your host tonight, Steve. Uh, our big boss man, Nate, couldn't be on tonight, so uh, I am taking over the active duties of being the host for this evening. Uh, and on today's episode, we have uh, two uh, great team members of mine here, Will and Megan. What's going on today, guys? Hey, not too much. Just... Uh... Trying to keep track of all the news that's coming out with the injuries, and uh, there's there's a lot this week. Yeah, same here. Um, and it's great to be back. I haven't been on a podcast for a while, so I'm pretty excited to talk football with you guys. Let's go, let's go. All right, yeah, I remember Megan's your first podcast. I think I was on that with you, so uh, uh, that was a lot of fun that time, and I'm sure tonight will be a lot of fun too, guys. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yes, yes. All right, guys. So we have a bunch of different things we're going to go through today. You know, the first off, we're going to get in some uh, what's going on with the QB backups that are starting this weekend. You know, we're going to talk about some players that it might be time to panic. And then we're going to do some, you know, buy nows right now, guys that are maybe not performing and that you should go buy now before they do start performing. And then we're going to give our top five teams currently in the NFL. So we'll start at the top, like I mentioned. Uh, the backup QBs right now, and then the impact that those guys are going to have here. Uh, you know, you could think of teams right now, Washington uh, with Tyler Haneke, uh, Miami with Jacoby Brissett. Indy might have uh, Jacob Easton starting this weekend. Davis Mills is starting on Thursday night football. Uh, it, there's a possibility maybe uh, Mason Rudolph or Dewan, uh, Dwayne Haskins maybe plays for Big Ben if he doesn't go. Uh, but guys, who is probably the most impactful backup to you guys believe in? Is this good impactful or bad impactful? Uh, just overall impactful. You can go either way, honestly. Whatever you feel like is is the right answer. Yeah, so I mean, I'm definitely going to go with Mills for the Texans. Um, and unfortunately, it's going to be a negative. Uh, Tyrod has been somehow playing lights out this year. Um, so I was really sad to see him actually get hurt. So that we, we don't get to see what he was going to be able to do. Um when Mills got in this week, he, he looked rough. Uh, it, it was not good. Um, I'm Honestly, I'm scared of all of the Texans. Um, the only one that I'm starting is Mills, and that is in our 2QB and Superflex League because he is the third QB that I have uh, <laughs> since Deshaun Watson is not playing this year. Yeah, uh, he is not somebody you want to be worrying about right now, and he definitely takes a a big step down for this offense because they were looking really good under Tyrod Taylor, but he's a rookie and he's playing against the Panthers who've been really good. So that offense as a whole just takes whatever was already a downgrade to nothing to even lower than that. So uh, that's, that's good there. Well, but Megan, what about you? Which one of these do you think is the most impactful? Um, I'm going to have to go with a negative again um, with big Ben um hurt he's got a pectoral injury i don't know what how severe it is i'm not sure if he'll play or if uh haskins or rudolph will step up um if he can't play uh i don't think that's good news for anyone that has um shares with the pittsburgh wide receivers even though they're all super talented Steelers do not have great backups in haskins or rudolph um and even if Big Ben does play, uh, the fact that he may be at least a little injured, uh, 
you know, it's it's always hit or miss with him anyway. He'll either throw six touchdowns or six interceptions. So even if he does step up and play, um, I, I wouldn't have a lot of faith in the Pittsburgh wide receivers. Yeah, uh, I mean, the injury is definitely somewhat of something to keep your eyes on. And it, God forbid he doesn't actually play, which is very possible. We know that we've seen Mason Rudolph and we've seen Deshaun, uh, Deshaun, no, uh, Dwayne Haskins both play at the NFL level and it has not been pretty. So those wide receivers and the offense in, in, in general, yeah, I completely agree with you, Megan. That's not looking good right now. I hate to stay on the negative train, but I'm going to stay on the negative train here, guys. And uh, I'm going to mention, I guess, the quarterback of my Miami Dolphins now, uh, Jacoby Brissett. And it's not like I don't like Jacoby Brissett. He's a fine quarterback, but he just doesn't really have much sparkle in the offense right now. You know, you had something with Tua. He has ability to move on the run, make throws uh, downfield, kind of was looking decent this year. But Jacoby Brissett, we've seen him play in Indy. He was someone who was serviceable, better for the team itself, but not for fantasy football right now. He's definitely going to bring some of these guys down because I don't expect as many, uh, you know, throws downfield that Will that Waddle and Will Fuller are going to take advantage of. I expect him to be much shorter to the line of scrimmage. You know, when he was a starter in 2019, his yards per attempt were 6.6. That was 29th in the league. Again, he's a several backup, but in terms of fantasy, now starting for the Dolphins here, there isn't really many players, unfortunately, in terms of fantasy that I really want to have. I'm really excited about for Miami right now. Yeah, let me ask you a quick question. Uh, I've got Miles Gaskin on a few teams. I'm wondering, does this actually help Gaskin um, as the receiving back there? Is he going to get a bunch of checkdowns from Brissett? I, I think he could. I mean, he if you're looking at what he's doing already, he's clearly the passings down guy. He, he's handling most of the receiving work in this offense here, and I expect them to use their run game to their advantage more. I'm really hoping that with outside the check checkdowns, they actually start running the ball more because of Jacoby Brissett is on the field now. So does I mean Matt Gaston's got five carries last week? That's that's insane. Uh, so hopefully you're seeing double digits maybe from Gaskins moving forward as long as Tua is not in the starting lineup. But like one more guy I want to mention real quick here. Let's just positive note, guys. How do you guys feel about Tyler Haneke the rest of the season now? If you know, God forbid, Brian Fitzpatrick doesn't come back from this hip injury. Meg, I'm, I'm going to let you take this one for, for a minute because I've got my own take on this that I'll, I'll bring up afterwards. You know, I he may be he may be all right um, out of all of the backup quarterbacks that we're going to see here. Um, I I may put him towards the top of the list. Uh, I'm not going to write that in stone, but I I'm feeling a little bit optimistic about him. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with you, too, there, Megan. I, I, I like him. I honestly think he has a some kind of a – he has a like a, swag, like a swagger mentality, something I've mentioned about Gardner Menchu that I kind of liked about his gameplay. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to take shots at times, and, you know, he's not going to buckle under the pressure if he throws a bad play. He's, you know, we've seen him do that this past Thursday, and he went back out there and continued to th- air the ball downfield because he trusts his wide receivers here, and I think – you know, you're obviously downgrading slightly from a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, but in in reality, he might end up being the better option because he may take some of those throws, but he might also not 
force the ball as much to cause turnovers. So I think Henneke is a fine option right now in fantasy, especially as a you know QB2 in any Superflex league right now. So uh, I like the kid. Yeah, though he's like 28 years old, but I still like the kid. <laughs> yeah, he, he's young in the NFL because he, he hasn't played a whole lot yet. Um, but so my take, I, just so everyone knows, so I'm kind of one of the dynasty folks over at We Know Fantasy. Um, and I will say in the offseason during startups, I was talking with one of my buddies um, trying to trying to stack up these backup QBs into tiers because uh, with super flex startups, you hit a point in the draft when you're, you're trying to get ahead of your QB room uh, in future years. And Heineke was one of those guys that we were talking about because you've got it's like Mitch Trubisky over in Buffalo. If anything were to happen to Josh Allen, I think everyone would be very, very comfortable just plugging Mitch Trubisky in after seeing what he could do in Chicago. Um, you know, it's not necessarily going to be the best for the Bills, but for fantasy, it, it'll be good. Um, and I think Taylor Heineke was actually kind of towards the end of that tier. Um, he was brought in by Rivera. Um, he played well last year. I think he might be kind of that default option if they can't find anything better as Fitzpatrick rides off into the sunset. And I think, unfortunately, for the the uh, Washington football team, <laughs> that may happen sooner rather than later here with the hip injury. So uh, this this feels to me like it's an audition. Um, and, it you know, it went about as well as it could on uh, this past Thursday. And if he keeps playing well, I don't know that they're going to give the job back to Fitzpatrick even when he's healthy. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting if, if Heineke is playing very well. I, I mean, how do you go back if, if that happens? So, uh, no, guys, that that's great there. And, again, backup quarterbacks are valuable in fantasy, and they do impact us in very diff- many different ways in fantasy. So, uh, moving on to our next topic now, guys. It's time to panic a little bit. There's some guys out there, some superstars, that are not performing to their draft picks that we all drafted them in, and now – People are starting to freak out, and, you know, we're here to talk about some guys, and just guys mentioned off the bat here, like guys like George Kittle, Saquon Barkley, Antonio Gibson, James Robinson, Zeke. Uh, so, guys, I guess, what is your guys' top panic uh, person right now that you are concerned about? Or maybe you're not concerned about them because of their performance so far. Um, I mean, I think in terms of who I'm panicked about, um, I'm going to go a little bit further down the board. Um, I'm I'm worried about Ayuk. I, I'm not going to call it panicked yet, but uh, after seeing him play two weeks in a row, but really not be involved in the game plan, uh, I'm trying to figure out if he's just still coming back from the hamstring injury during the offseason uh, and they're just easing him back in. Or are we actually seeing that first, you know, I don't know what he did to get into a doghouse. Uh, Shanahan claims he's not in the doghouse, but if we don't see it soon... Uh, Ayuk is someone who I, I don't know how much longer you can wait. Yeah, no, that he is definitely someone who is a major concern right now because obviously you drafted him probably with the top seven, eight round pick, and he, he hasn't obviously performed yet. I think he's what one target on the entire season so far. I mean, it, it's not looking great at the moment, and you should be panicking because if he continues this trend, especially over the next two weeks in in, in with Green Bay and Seattle, those are and Arizona, those are all shootout games. And if they're not using their best players, supposedly, uh, it might be on his way to being dropped from fantasy leagues right now. So uh, that's a great one there, Will. Megan, what about you? Um, 
I'm pretty concerned with uh, CEH uh, for Kansas City. The past two weeks, he's been pretty non-existent. And, you know, you would think with a team like Kansas City and how strong their passing game is that there would be a little bit more production or, you know, more involvement with a running back just to kind of switch up their their game plan a little bit and – you know, it just they're not they're not really using him a lot and when they do he's just not really producing. So um I I would say if you have him or you've drafted him high that uh you're not gonna get what you've expected. Yeah, and I know I am one of those players that had faith in Clyde to bounce back. Uh isn't definitely not looking good right now. The only I guess sparkle of hope is that he's had 13 carries in back-to-back games, but the red zone, the receiving ability, it's more like you drafted a guy to be a possible low-end one, but he's really just a high-end RB3, low-end RB2 right now, which is definitely a concern when you drafted him. So that's a good one, Meg. I like that one a lot. Um, Let's see. Welcome. Uh, Let's see. For me, it's probably George Kittle, to be honest here. You know, through two weeks against the Eagles right now, and they played, who did they play? Oh, the Lions, you know. And again, the first game was kind of a blowout, and the last game was a defensive struggle. But, you know, he's not really seeing the opportunity that we really thought we would see out of a guy like George Kittle right now. And we talk about, say, uh, Brandon Ayuk and that situation. But George Kittle, I mean, sees nine targets of the last two games now. He had four for 17 last week. Uh, it's kind of concerning on why they're not getting him the ball more right now in this offense. We already know that, you know, he's not a big touchdown guy. His thing was yards and receptions, and he doesn't seem to be getting that right now. I mean, he has zero red zone targets through two weeks, and that's just mind-boggling how this man isn't getting the ball more. And if they do switch to trade Lance, I don't know if that's specifically an upgrade. That could be more of a downgrade where Trey Lance isn't always going to throw it to George Kittle because he's not running it because he's going to run it. So for me, I'm starting to get concerned about George Kittle and if he's still in this top three echelon, you know, fantasy tight end that we keep talking about this season because he's just he's not performing to standards right now and it's it's definitely starting to be a little bit of a panic. Yeah, I do have to agree with you. I'm a little worried about the usage. Um, I will posit though, I think there's a chance Kittle starts turning it around now that we've seen Mostert go down in week one we've seen Hasty's going to be out this week Sermon is in the concussion protocol um, Elijah Mitchell is nursing a shoulder injury so I mean they're, they're going to be addressing people that are coming in off the street this week I, I think they may say enough with this running back roulette um, we know these aren't the guys that we wanted coming into the season so you know we'll, we'll do enough to keep the defense off honest and then we're going to get the ball to our playmakers Debo Kittle and Ayuk so I think we may see a very pass happy game script this week I hope so <laughs> I really hope so <laughs> uh, but Will do you have another person you're you're panicking over um, I don't have another that I'm panicking over but I do have someone that I am absolutely taking advantage of people panicking over uh, Saquon Barkley so He has started very, very slow these first two weeks. Uh, We kind of knew that would be the case coming off of the massive knee injury. 
Uh, it was very clear that, you know, they were trying to be very conservative about his rehab. He was, uh, I think, week one went from uh, 48% of his snaps to 84% in week two. So even on a short week, they nearly doubled his sta- his snap percentage. We saw him break off a 40-yard run. Um, you know, it's it's just reminiscent of what this guy can do when he gets a workload. And he gets the Atlanta Falcons this week. So I fully expect on a longer week off, uh, coming into a weaker opponent, I think they're going to unleash him. And that buy window is going to slam shut. Do not panic sell Saquon Barkley right now. Uh, no, that's that is a good point. I would not be doing that either. Just hold on a little bit longer because it the grass is getting greener for their Giants in terms of the defenses that they're going to be playing. So don't over panic yet. That's a good one. Well, and Megan, do you have another one? Um, I have another one, and I I think panic isn't the right word. Uh, maybe just a little concerned. Um. Najee Harris for the Steelers. Uh, it's not that he's not talented. Um, it's not that he's not a great running back. The Steelers are just looking bad right now. Um, he he didn't put up a lot of numbers the first game, which, to be fair, they were up against the tough Buffalo defense. Um and, you know, it's not that he did terrible this past week against the Raiders. Um, and, you know, he had that awesome stiff arm slash throwdown against the Raiders, which was pretty epic. I just – I feel like the Steelers are are looking terrible right now. Um, and the line isn't the best. And I just – I know a lot of people actually drafted him uh, in the first round. And – it's not that he's going to be a bust, but I just don't see him putting up first-round numbers like people expected. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely concerning. You know, everyone talked about the line, and then everyone was still drafting Harris as a low-end RB1, and you're seeing what happens now that it's it's not it's not mixing, obviously, and it's causing Harris to have pretty mediocre week so far. The only, I guess, a glimmer of hope that, you know, he is getting the carries. But, again, he's being very inefficient with those carries right now. And if, God forbid, Big Ben goes even down more, I don't know if that's a good benefit or a bad thing for him, to be honest. So, yeah, it's right. it's, it's not a panic panic, but it's something to keep your eyes on over the next couple of weeks. For sure. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, one quick I have for me. You know, Alvin Kamar is starting to panic me slightly. I know it was just one week. You know, they had a bad week. It was it was. But the offense just didn't look good a lot. I mean, they have a pretty tough schedule this season outside of probably playing Atlanta and the Jets, at least, uh, in those two, in two of the last next uh, 15 weeks. It's not looking as pretty for me with Alvin Kamar because, yeah, he's seeing targets. He's seeing carries, but they're just not efficient. And I don't know if Jameis is the answer. I don't know if Taysom Hill coming in if the answer or if they just need weapons in the passing game that's just not there. And maybe things get better with Michael Thomas returning at some point. But again, that's still another six weeks probably away, maybe. So for me, is Alvin Kamara someone that I'm starting to keep my eyes on as well? Because after last week, I mean, that's not an Alvin Kamara-like game. And hopefully them going home finally will make things turn around but it's a little bit of a question mark right now 
yeah, I love that call out, man. That's that's one I thought about, um, but he's built up enough trust. I'm going to give him another week or two. But yeah, it's definitely something to watch. All right, guys. So on to our next topic here now. We got two players that we're going to buy low on. Oh, buy, oh, buying right now. Maybe not buy low on, but just buying in general. Uh, guys who might not have started that great, but now they're time to... They're going to blow up soon, and these aren't the panic guys. These are guys that we want to buy and hope that they're going to be great the rest of the season. So, Will, who's your first guy? Uh, first guy, kind of harken back to what I just said, um, I'm going to go with Saquon. If you can find someone who is panicking on Saquon, I think he is a great buy right now. Uh, he's proving that the knee is recovering. He's going to get that explosiveness back. It's going to get better as as the year goes on, and Frankly, you know the role that you're going to get with Saquon. So it's one of those, if you can get the discount, um, if you somehow manage to go 2-0, 1-1, as long as you're not staring at 0-2 and and potentially having him be slow for another week or two won't sink you, I'm getting in on Saquon if I can, and then riding him the rest of the way this year. Yeah, no, I I was happy with what what I saw on Thursday night. And I think there's explosiveness still there. It just he just needs to get that comfort level back, and he will soon enough. So it, this is the time to go out and buy a guy like Saquon before he really gets going, especially if he gets it going against a pretty bad Falcons defense this weekend. Megan, what about you? Um, I'm gonna go with Quintez Cephas, the wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. Um, I don't think that he has made a big name for himself yet. I don't think he's uh, one that everyone has their eyes on. And the last two weeks, he has had at least one touchdown um, in both games. And, you know, if you want to go with the theory that Goff is a lot better than people say he is, then, you know, that is a huge advantage advantage for Cephas. And if you want to go with the other theory that Goff sucks, um, I know that's something that we all like to joke about and say, um, even if you want to think that he sucks, he has still managed to find Cephas in the end zone uh, two weeks in a row. So I'm going to say go out and buy him while he's cheap uh, and watch him keep performing. Yeah, no, I like that one. I, I was a big fan of Cephas in Dynasty, honestly, every which way. And with everyone coming in and what was going on there, I was starting to fade him a little bit. But over the first two weeks, he looks like the best wide receiver on the team there. And he looks the most explosive, at least. So hopefully he can continue to find a role in this offense here. And like Megan said, great time to buy low on a guy like that right now. So love that one. Uh, For me, I'm going with Allen Robinson right now. I mean, he's ranked like wide receiver 59 on the season so far. You know, tough week one. You know, week two, things just didn't go as as quickly as planned. They were ahead of the game, and then you have Justin Fields coming in, uh, not prepared for this game to be the actual playing quarterback, and things just didn't go well. Now we know Justin Fields is going to be the starting quarterback for this week's game here, and I think this is the time now to buy Robinson because if Fields does start the rest of the season or even if Andy Dong comes back in at some point, whatever the the Bears want to do, I think his schedule lightens up, and Allen Robinson is the guy I'm looking to target now because you could probably get him relatively cheap that someone who's going off right now, like maybe like a Sterling Shepard or something, 
some owner might be willing to kind of make that deal because Robinson is not performing to their standards as of right now. And Will, back to you, my friend. Who's your second one? All right, number two. I'm going to stay on the same team, actually. Um, hey. That giant schedule is going to really make it very, very fantasy-friendly. Uh, and how about Kenny Galladay? Really quiet first two weeks, uh, but they brought him in. They paid him money. And, I mean, he's still seeing, like, 20% target share. So he's getting some opportunity. It's just not been particularly good matchups the first two weeks. So... I think he's someone who, I mean, we just saw some headlines where it looked like he was screaming at uh, Daniel Jones in the fourth quarter, and he clarified he was yelling at Jason Garrett, which I think we're all in agreement that that is always the correct move. And uh, I I think it's just the saying, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So I think we're going to see him get fed, the schedule lightens up, and he is going to take off here. So if you can get him below draft cost, I think he's a really good guy to get as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three even. Uh, and I think you're going to get nearly wide wide receiver one production. Yeah. Uh, Kenny G right now is definitely a, somewhat of a disappointment. I mean, do we have high expectations for him? Probably not. But, you know, you would assume he was a high end a wide receiver two, and he's clearly not playing like that at the moment. And I think it does get better for him there in New York. Things, I think, are going to get easier, like we both just mentioned. So I uh, love that pick there. Uh, Megan, over to you. Uh, my second one is actually Marvin Jones. Um, yes. I think that, you know, since he's a little bit older, uh, people may think that he's kind of washed. Um he kind of disappeared there for a little bit, but now that he's on the Jags, uh, he's had two touchdowns um, in each game. The last, or I'm sorry, one touchdown in both games so far, and he seems to be uh, a pretty good veteran for um, Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence seems really comfortable, and it's almost like he's a safety net for Lawrence. And um, yeah, he's, he's been putting up decent numbers so far. So if um, if you can if you can snag him at a good price, I think uh, I think he's a good one. Yeah, no, I I love Marvin Jones this year. Now uh, I would love to get more, I wish I got more shares of him because I I mentioned you know Lawrence is gonna use lean on the veteran and he clearly has so far this season here. So uh, I think things could even get better as he learns the offense even more and how to how to play in the pros. So love that one there, Megan. All right. Who am I going to say for my last one real quick here? Um, For me, I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson. Uh, So people may be down on him because everyone had such high expectations that he could be the RB1 by the end of the season or whatever. And clearly after this last game here when J.K. McKissick basically took all the third down and uh, two-minute drills and the red zone touchdown that we all wished Gibson had, People might be really down on Antonio Gibson, but again, he's seeing a really good workload in this offense here, and it's just a matter of time before he gets things going and especially starts scoring touchdowns. The offense will see better matchups as you get through the season here now, and if someone's willing to you know, trade away someone who's maybe performing a little bit better right now, like I couldn't even think Melvin Gordon or Taysom Williams, those guys are performing actually to the top 12 standard right now maybe you could get a guy like Antonio Gibson's lap plus something else 
for Gibson. So uh, I would make some offers out there for Gibson right now. He's a good time to buy on him. All right, all right. And then our last topic of the night, guys, our top five NFL teams right now after two weeks. Will, who do you got? I mean, you can't go against Tampa Bay until they lose, right? Defending yeah. champs, beat, beat Dallas. I mean, just Tom Brady is on fire. So I got to start with them. So I'm a sucker for defense, um, and I, I like the Rams, man. Aaron Donald, looking like he, again, could end up with Defensive Player of the Year, um, which, I mean, the dude is just a monster. So anytime you can start with him up front, it just makes everything easier on the rest of the defense. Added Safford this offseason, and it just unlocked that offense. We're seeing Cooper Cup go absolutely bananas. We haven't even seen anything really out of Robert Woods yet. So, I mean, they, they've still got weapons to use there. Um, I, I really like the way that they're playing. Um, and then number three, you've got the Chiefs. It, it's really hard to go against Patrick Mahomes. I know he lost a heartbreaker to the Baltimore Ravens, but... I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that the Chiefs are going to be able to hang with anyone in the NFL. I mean, you got to put up, what, 30-some points to even have a chance. So um, they beat the Browns in week one, lost to the Ravens. I mean, that, that's good competition. So actually leading into number four, where I do have the Browns, um, I was actually very encouraged by their performance against the Chiefs in week one. I thought they looked really, really good. Um Hard to take away much from their game against the Texans because I, I really just don't think the Texans are that good. Um, it, it just looked like they kind of did whatever they wanted. I think they had Baker Mayfield scored a rushing touchdown. Uh, they had two backup running backs score touchdowns. Um, I mean, they, they have playmakers that could have been even more efficient there but didn't need to be used. Uh, and number five, I'm going to go out west to Arizona. Um, Kyler Murray is looking amazing at the beginning of this year. So their defense isn't necessarily the greatest. Uh, we did have a huge five-sack game against the uh, the Minnesota Vikings in week one. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know that we're going to see that consistently out of their defensive line. Um, I think they'll generate some pressure, but I, I think they're at risk to get into shootouts which is good for fantasy. I think their offense is good enough with what they've added between, you know, they brought in Hopkins last year. They added Rondale Moore in the draft this year. They've got superstar AJ Green, who, I mean, what, fourth, fifth option maybe? Um, so if, if that's your fifth option, that that's actually pretty good. Uh, I think the Cardinals are going to be able to score with anyone. So it's an offensive league. I'm going to put them at number five. All right, that's a that's a good top five there. I can't complain for most of it, that's for sure. So, Megan, what's your top five right now in the NFL? That is so weird because I have almost the exact same top five, um, and we we didn't even coordinate. That's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, got to go with Tampa Bay, obviously, um, and it's not because it's a given that they just won the Super Bowl. I mean, they are still playing really well. Um, Kansas City, even though they just lost to Baltimore, you can never count them out. And like Will said, um, teams have had to be scoring into the 30s at least to beat them. 
Uh, cannot count them out. Um, I'm surprised that Will said the Browns because, uh, you know, everyone likes to hate on them. Uh, but, yeah, you cannot sleep on the Cleveland Browns. Um, I think it was it was a tough loss against Kansas City, but they, they played phenomenal. Um, and then, yeah, the, the Texans game was, I don't know. It was a little. It was a little weird. They started off a little rough, but then, you know, they pushed through adversity and ended up coming out on top. I think they're still kind of getting um, into a routine, and once they get it all figured out and all systems are a go, uh, they're going to be unstoppable. Um, Arizona, for sure. Uh, they're they're doing so well on both ends. Their defense has been doing really well too, and their offense is phenomenal and yeah Murray has been um lighting it up so I I think that they're going to be uh pretty hard to stop and then um I was going back and forth actually between uh the Rams and uh the Bills um I know that the Bills lost to Pittsburgh the first game but you know Pittsburgh likes to play uh at the same level as whoever they're going against whether that's good or bad. Um, and Pittsburgh just, they played a phenomenal game and they were able to come out on top barely. So I, I think that Buffalo is going to be just fine. Um, and if not right now here down the road, they're going to, they're going to be just as good as they were last year. But yeah, the Rams are also doing really well. And I think that Stafford, um, has given them life and it's been a really good upgrade for them. Um, and so they're they're doing they're also doing really well on both ends, uh, defense and offense. So I guess I've got a top six, but yeah. No, I I like that as well. You guys, you know, had a lot of the same there, a little bit different. I like that. So mine are very similar to everyone else's, unfortunately. But my number one is obviously the Bucks. Uh, Tom Brady at 44 has has looked amazing. That defense, front seven at least, is is dominating O-lines across the board so far. I, I really don't see a reason why they can't get back to the Super Bowl once again. Uh, number two is Kansas City, Pat Mahomes. You know, when you have Pat Mahomes, one of literally the best players right now in the game, you, you can't put them away. They're going to be involved in a lot of games there. That last game, that's unfortunate. It's a fumble, mental mistakes that kind of lost them that game right there. And I expect them to still be able to Win a lot of games and at least compete for a Super Bowl run once again. Number three, it's got to be the L.A. Rams right now. I mean, with the addition of Matthew Stafford, the offense looks like it took another level there uh, on the offensive side. They're pushing the ball downfield more. The defense is doing their thing. They're being really disruptive and ter- causing turnovers and keeping teams at minimum. So the, the, for me, they're got to be number three. And, and I wouldn't wouldn't doubt it that it's the Bucks versus Rams NFC Conference Championship right now. Uh, the next one I have is number four, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kyle Murray is just playing lights out right now, which I did not expect him to do this year, to be honest. Uh, that offense is looking good, and the defense clearly looks like it's taking a step up to some extent there. But Murray, I think, on his own shoulders, as long as he's healthy, this team actually has the chance to compete. And uh, Again, they're also in the Super Bowl conversation right now, to be honest, because they're just being so explosive on offense. And then number five, I have to give credit to the – the Las Vegas Raiders right now, and Derek Carr. I mean, you take down two teams that are consistently playoff-caliber-like teams in the Steelers and Ravens and beat them, both of them. 
And, you know, you talked about how the O-line switches and the defense got worse, but the defenses look decent. And Derek Carr is playing on an, on an MVP-like caliber level right now. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if they go 3-0 this week, unfortunately, against my Dolphins. But So, I mean, I like where the Raiders are going right now. I think they have a bright future this season to make a run this year. And uh, that's my top five, guys. Anything else you guys want to mention before we get going tonight? I think for me, the biggest thing, I'm just disappointed nobody chose the Jaguars as a top five team. <laughs> the way Urban Meyer has them playing. I, I mean, Super Bowl caliber right there. That's all, that's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. But if we have nothing else to go for, all right, guys. So we're going to wrap things up here. You know, we talked about the backup situations going on right now with a bunch of NFL teams. You know, we talked about some players that we're starting to panic on or kind of panicking on so far. You know, we gave you guys some buy low options, and we also gave you guys our top five teams in the NFL currently right now. So, uh, as always, please go check out the We Know Fantasy website. It's getting some major upgrades. You know, there's a lot of great things going up there. You know, there's a lot of great articles and content that is being written by all of us right now. So go check it out. That's for sure. Uh, if you want to follow the We Know Fantasy, they are basically everywhere at We Know Fantasy. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you have it. It's We Know Fantasy. So, um, guys, if you guys just want to shout out your guys' stuff and your Twitter, uh, social media handles, and we'll get out of here. Yeah, so I, I'm the Fantasy Football Philosopher, which is at philosopher 6 on Twitter. Uh, you can find me dropping takes and ranks every week uh, and Definitely be sure to check out the new Dynasty podcast I've got. It's uh, the Dynasty Thought Experiment over at the We Know Fantasy website. Will has a lot of good stuff going on. Um, you can find me on Twitter. It's M-E-G-H-A-H-A-N. Um, you will see me tweeting random funny tweets. And also supporting my fellow We Know Fantasy uh, teammates with fantasy football um, and maybe some rants here and there about how bad the Steelers are doing. Um, <laughs> and you can also find me on Instagram at Megan Bramer. Um, yeah. Yeah, guys. And um, you can find me on Twitter at Coach Stephen P. Uh, I'm always there. Helping fa answer fantasy questions, throwing out some statistics every once in a while. Uh, so give me a follow as well. Give everyone a follow and obviously follow We Know Fantasy. So uh, thank you guys all for listening. Good luck on your week three. We'll be back next Wednesday for more fun content on a whole bunch of different things. So until then, guys, have a great one. Thank you.